Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dom's Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Standing across from me is Action Jackson, who contacted me over the weekend and said, let's do a full hour on Missouri Vanderbilt. Yeah, I just hope we'll go, you know, media timeout by media timeout and we'll just break it down and what the issues were, and uh, what they learned from that SEC victory. We may discuss it at some point, uh, as all of the local schools got wins after all the local schools got losses in the midweek last week. Jackson, biggest story yesterday, go. Your call, it's subjective. There is no wrong answer. What is the biggest story nationally? Biggest story locally, go. Biggest story nationally would just be the NFL playoff picture in general, how everything worked out in Week 18, and of course the Sunday night game culminating in the end of Aaron Rodgers. All right, let me me, me be more specific, because my sixth sense is learned from nearly graduating from the University of Missouri Journalism School. Mm -hmm. So let me put it in a television perspective. You're producing the sports cast for me. I came back like Jordan, wearing the four or five to do television. Mm-hmm. I decided to wear a hairpiece. Yes. And how good it looks. <laughs> Thank you. And people are like, wow, he grew his hair out. Nobody knows. <laughs> nice quaff. Nobody knows anything. They're just like, oh, he grew his hair out. What are you showing in that first highlight package to our viewers? Because if I say... Well, welcome in to Sports Sunday tonight here on News 4. Pause. St. Louis, the NFL playoffs in general. Now, we can't do that, so we have to have something specific. So what are you taking? What are we going to do? What are we going to show the people? Well, So this is for St. Louis. This is for our national show that we've been called Uh, upon. It's about time, too. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'd say the Packers losing on the last game of the season to a team who has nothing to play for. If you ask me, like I think that's live. I think that's second. I think that's second. Huh. I think it's Naeem Hines running back. Yeah, there. yeah, that certainly is like the most. I happen was... to be watching that live, and that was something else. Yeah, storybook, it, as they said on the that's broadcast. That's what Jim Nance said. It yeah. was a beautiful call. Uh, and the cutaway they got of Josh Allen, like with his hands in his head, it yeah. reminded me of Tony Hill. When I say Tony Hill, you was a college basketball guy, albeit this being seven years before you were born. I don't, I don't know anything about Tony Hill. You do know about Christian Leitner's shot against Kentucky, though. Yeah, yes. They cut cut away and missed the chaos after Leitner hits the shot. And there is a Duke player with his hands but, but kind of in the surrender yeah. cobra mode. And it's Tony Hill. Gotcha. And he is in tears, even though he's on the winning team. Right, just so shocked. Yeah. Josh Allen was really emotional. Both you could tell he was emotional after Hines returned that, but also after the game with his post-game comments, that would be the signature moment of Week 18. As far as the most impactful, I would agree with you. 
it would be what took place last night with the Lions and the Pistons. What a shame it is because for a month on this very program, considered to be tout central. Yeah, damn right. The one-hour midday show in St. Louis for all of the gamblers around the globe. They tune in for tout central. And I had been giving you value play on the Detroit Lions for the last month. And so help me if Baker Mayfield doesn't underthrow a ball in overtime. I think the Detroit Lions are not only in the playoffs, I think the Detroit Lions are a dangerous team in the playoffs. And I would imagine the San Francisco 49ers are happy that they are getting the Seattle Seahawks instead of the Detroit Lions. Couldn't agree more. The, oh, wow. All right. We're, on, we're in lockstep here. The Lions, when they have nothing to play for outside of getting a winning season and knocking the Packers out of the playoffs, played an unbelievable game. They have a, one of the better two-head monsters in the NFL with Swift and uh, and Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. And just play like it's their last game every single time. I think that the Niners are super happy to either be playing the Sea in the situation to play the Seahawks or in that other case the Packers. Yeah, but, I agree with you. You give them the pick of a three, and they're not picking. Yeah, I think the Packers actually might be the team that they would most want to play, considering last season too, and this year they do it in Santa Clara. So yeah, I think that the Niners are the Niners are a dangerous team. But if they had to go up against the Lions, that would be like the team that could stifle a run for a really good Niners team. Give me your Super Bowl matchup now. I don't have time to wait. I wish I did, but I don't. Jeremy Rutherford's going to be with us at 10.45. Eagles and Chiefs. I think the Eagles with Jalen Hurts and how good that their offensive and defensive line is, the trenches, they win those battles. I think the Eagles and I think the Chiefs, Mahomes looks like, you know, every year it's like, can Mahomes top what he did the year before? And it seems like he does it every single time. Uh, I do like the Bills a lot. I think, you know, either the Bills, Bengals, or Chiefs I could see in there. Uh, and then, of course, I could see the Niners making a run, but I think it's the Eagles, and I think it's the Chiefs. All right, Jackson's on the Eagles and Chiefs. I will go with the Bills and the 49ers. I could see that, too. My value play for you, if you're interested in the value play, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Which may sound asinine, and I'm surprised, honestly, they're only plus 2,200 to win the Super Bowl. I would have thought that would have been a bigger number, yeah. like plus 3,000. Yeah. If you want another super sneaker play that isn't going to be as chalky as Eagles, 49ers, and then, of course, Bills, uh, Chiefs, and Bengals. I'll give you the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. If Williams, they can Allen, and Herbert only played four games together throughout the course of the year where they've played all four quarters. Williams got hurt yesterday. The Austin Eckler factor yeah. had that defense playing some good football toward the end of the year kind of a sneaker play. They were never a factor in the AFC West, so they fly under the radar. People looking at the Buccaneers record go, they're under 500. What a joke. But they can stop the run. I just I can't count them out. Can't. Can't I, count them out. And Justin you just Herbert's feel like good. inevitably the Dallas Cowboys somehow when the postseason rolls around are going to have some kind of cluster. Now, the thing that stands out to me, and I don't know how uh, our listeners feel, 314-399-9646, Looking at the matchups next weekend, I'm not all that enthused about that. You agree with me again? Yeah, it's especially that Saturday. I think you get like some Jaguars action in there. And your Saturday night, which won't be for you, is the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis. I'm sure you're already. It's not actually. Yeah, it's not actually on my radar. But it's right. nice if you're at it's the, bar. the Jaguars and Chargers. If yeah. you're interested in staying home, that doesn't that. that does not do it for me. Uh, that's in L.A. Correct. That game would be in L.A. That game is in Jacksonville. Oh. Well, I guess that gives you a different element because I like watching the Jaguars. I think Doug Pearson should be coach of the year, but um, that doesn't do it for me. Outside of like Bucks and Cowboys, there's really not that many like titillating matchups. Now the games might end up being good; they probably will be, and of course I'll watch. 
but nothing that stands out as like, okay, I got to like clear out my schedule to make sure I'm watching that game. There is uh, one game minus the one that I think is the, the, the marquee matchup, which is the Monday night game with the Cowboys and Buccaneers, in which you have a, uh, a road team as the favorite, and that is the Chargers going up against Jacksonville. Chargers are minus one. And then the game that, from my standpoint, is an absolute coin flip, and I don't know how you and Marsh, you guys, <laughs> uh, as a couple, adopted the Vikings, but uh, the Vikings are minus three against the Giants. That game actually does kind of interest me. Because you've adopted the Vikings. No, no, because I think the Giants' defense could, like, you know, uh, the Vikings are a team, as you've called them, smoke and mirrors for the whole year. You know, are they real or are they pretenders? And I think this game against the Giants is going to be a good litmus test to see if they're actually going to be a threat in the playoffs. Maybe Justin Cousins. Jefferson can carry into glory. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they have. I mean, they KJ have Osborne's talent. has been doing work. They have talent. But uh, Brian Dable's got the Giants looking better than they have in a long, long time. So maybe, maybe that the Giants can surprise it. Other than that, uh, Dolphins Bills. I mean, the Bill the Bills should win that game handily, especially it's going to be cold in Buffalo. But the Dolphins have won in Buffalo already this year, so maybe. Uh, F the Vikings. That's from the six three six. I'm not a Viking. I don't know where to start. I'm not a Vikings fan at all. Actually, uh, I'm. I, I guess they got decent uniforms. Not Hold really. on a second. That was where you immediately. That's where you weren't like. Oh, like I wonder about their defense, or I wonder about Cousins. It was. Their uniform's uniform. a big factor to me. Okay, and uh, the, it's kind of like a crest toothpaste on the on the side of the helmet. I know it's a Viking horn, but it kind of looks like a piece of toothpaste. Um, I, I'm just not sold on the Vikings. I don't think many people would tell you like buy into the Vikings right now. You said the Bills uh, had already. The Dolphins beat Buffalo in that snow game, right? No, they did not. The Bills 32, the Dolphins 29. Oh, they covered. That's why I was I was, I was watching that game and they covered. My apologies. Yeah. My apologies. They beat the Dolphins. Beat the Bills at in Miami. That is correct. Week. That is okay. I couldn't be sorrier. I'd like to. This is my formal apology. Oh my gosh. To the listeners, yeah, sorry. Uh, but to keep it, I mean, against a team when you're so out of your element, the cold, getting snowballs pelted at you, you know, to keep it that close and be in the game the whole game. I'm just saying that don't count out the Dolphins just yet. But Tua is so up in the air that you don't know. Okay, fair enough. Action Jackson is officially uh, on the record. He's Eagles. He's Chiefs. I'm 49ers and Bills. And if you're interested in some value, and I know people like value, I'll give you some value in the AFC with the Chargers, and I'll give you some value in the NFC with the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think the Chargers are, we just haven't seen what they can be this year because we haven't seen them fully healthy. Herbert's been dealing with issues all year with injuries, and of course he hasn't had his two big stars for the entire season pretty much. So we just don't know enough about the Chargers, but the Jaguars play good football, man. They play good football. It's a Viking horn, not toothpaste, you fake fan. I, I'm not a fan of the Vikings, and I just said I'm aware it's a Viking horn, but it looks like a like a, a nice, well-done little spread of toothpaste. I thought that for years. How is this loser sports talk radio? Try watching the games. That's from Merle from Oakville. R- listen, you know, wins and losses matter, but covering matters more, and the Dolphins definitely cover against the Bills. Remember I'll that. bet you guys the Vikings win. That's from the three one four. I could be from Marsh. I mean, I'm not. I'm not betting against or on the Vikings. I'm saying that's an I interesting didn't know this matchup. Vikings franchise had a, had a active foothold. fan base yeah. in St. Louis. It do- doesn't with me. I don't know why I'm getting assigned the Vikings. I'm not that high on them. Jackson, you can stuff your sorries in a sock. That's from the six three six. Good one. Good, good classy retort there. Uh, you can send in yours at 314-399-9646, and then any mic drops you may have. Ooh, yeah. 
Uh, you can leave those via the 101 ESPN app. The Blues get themselves a Jim Dandy yesterday. I mean, if you would have told me a week ago, the day the news comes out that O'Reilly's out, that Tarasenko's out, Krug had already been out, then more injuries on Saturday. But if you would have told me a week ago the Blues would go 3-1 and one on the road trip, considering the caliber of teams they were playing, and by the way, they beat the three teams that would be in the playoffs right now, uh, and they lost to the one team that's second to last in their division in, in the Canadiens. I would have said, you got to be kidding me. And yet, here they are, and they're doing it in fine fashion. A lot of offense the first couple of games. A uh, blown lead, unfortunately, on Saturday. And then Thomas Grice last night. Thing of beauty, the Blues with the win last night. And here they come, back-to-back games against the Flames in St. Louis tomorrow and Thursday. Pre-game here on 101 ESPN at 6 p.m. for the Blues and the Flames. The Flames pick up a point last night, but I'm sure they thought they'd be picking up two, considering they were taking on the Blackhawks. So that's a break for the Blues as they sit with 46 points, Oilers with 45, and there are the Blues, just two points back of the Oilers for that wild card spot. So it's a big week, plus Patty Maroon and the Lightning here on Saturday night. We'll talk that over with Jeremy Rutherford coming up at 1045. Tim McKernan in Action Jackson with you. Coming up, John Mazalak makes an appearance and has a comment regarding questions on the Cardinals spending this offseason. That's next on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you for one magical hour. And you are welcome to partake in the program by leaving a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app or by texting in the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Jeremy Rutherford going to join us coming up on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line at 1045 as the Blues go 3-1 and one on the road trip, head home now for a homestand, and have some momentum. What a week it has been in so many different ways. So looking forward to talking it over with JR here in about 20 to 25 Minutes. John Mazalak was a guest yesterday on KMOX Sports Open Line. The great Tom Ackerman was uh, talking it over with him. And uh, after the holidays, a chance to look at where things stand here as spring training is just a month and change away in Jupiter, Florida. The Cardinals with one major addition, with one significant loss. And here is what uh, Mazalak had to say regarding the Cardinals and their off-season spending, as he said at the beginning of the year uh, when he said the Cardinal payroll would increase. So I know you're going to get this question. You're going to get a lot of questions about payroll and about uh, talking earlier in the off-season about resources. How will you handle that? I know you're going to answer those when oh, they well, come. I, but, yeah. how, how do I'll you... handle it. I'll, I'll handle it honestly. <laughs> I, I, I think, like, you know, one of the things that... that you know, we did have an opportunity to increase payroll, which it will be higher than what we played at last year. So that's, that's fact one. And and number two is, you know, just because you have resources, you're not just going to go spend it wildly on something that you know, doesn't make sense. I mean, we, we, we knew what we had to accomplish this offseason. We went into it with with the hopes of doing it. Um, and then as, as other things presented itself or, or unfolded, it just didn't get to the point where we were excited enough to, to necessarily do it. And, you know, that might, you know, depress people or disappoint people, but, you know, my responsibility is, is 
to uh, um, adhere to the franchise, adhere to ownership, and, and do what you know we think is best for for putting together a, a winning club. And you know, I, I do think we're we're all, we are in a unique situation, maybe relative to other teams, where we do feel like we have some some emerging talent, up and coming talent, and you know, we just don't want to, to go down a path where we don't create that opportunity and then regret not having that opportunity for individuals um, as we enter 2023. It's John Mazalek on X talking it over with uh, Tom Ackerman and uh, saying some things that I would imagine would uh, upset some fans. Uh, here is his follow-up uh, to that comment. So that sounds like at least sounds like right now that if you're expecting fireworks, big splash, something like that, don't get your hopes up. That's what it sounds like. Right. I mean, like you never rule anything out, right? Like something could present itself that makes a whole lot of sense that we haven't talked about or, or explored to this point. But in terms of looking at our club, um, you know, there, there's just, you know, there, there are, there are names that get bantered about that we're just not going to trade. And, you know, in doing so it, it you know, it does, I guess, create some level of, of paralysis and something. And then when you say, well, what are you trading for? Like, you know, like um, right now, you know, the, the, the bet we're making is, is on Wayno, Michael Flaherty, Montgomery, and Matt. And, you know, you got Dakota in the wings. But, like, you know, you're, you're hoping that gets you a lot of innings. Now, I know people are like, well, some of those guys didn't pitch much last year. You know, what are you getting out of Jack? I mean, this, these are decisions that internally, like, we have confidence in and we believe in. So, you know, we'll find out if we if we um, made the right decision or not once we play the season. There it is. So, I would imagine most people are going, oh, my goodness, that sounds like it's it. Jackson, what did we bet? We bet 20 bucks that they will add a bat between now and spring training. Spring training. Yeah. We have that bet out there. Now, to be crystal clear, a couple of things here. And I'm sure people, well, I already can see, I just looked in the air cover service text line and people are texting in. If there is a move, I don't know that he would necessarily be talking about it. So I want to say that on the yeah. front end. Uh, secondarily, I do agree in part with what he's saying when it comes to the Cardinals are in a position specifically with Walker and Wynn, uh, where they have a couple of players who are on the precipice of being major leaguers and one could be a major leaguer here in about three months so i understand that but here is here is where i am coming from and i'm curious where you are and i'm curious where the listeners sure. are when you start out the off season by conveying an interest in being aggressive and saying on your own not because it was challenged that they were going to increase payroll and you have to like dig into the numbers to see the matter of dollars that is the difference between what the payroll was at the end of 2022 and where it stands in January of 2023, that gets into semantics. And if you would have been telling people that there would have been one addition, all while losing Quintana in Contreras, I don't think many people at this point would have said, oh, well, that matches up with doing what you said you were going to do. In other words, the expectations were set way higher than what they've been delivered to to this point just because nothing has happened beyond Contreras at this point doesn't mean nothing will happen but I am starting to wonder if they are just going to go with what they have 
And yeah, that would be, I would imagine, good enough to win the National League Central. I always put the disclaimer on that with injuries. But uh, right now, Jackson, uh, the Cardinals are, uh, let's see, 10th overall as far as projection most likely to win the World Series. Okay. That's probably about where I think they would be, given the turnover this year. I think with the Mets, just for the record, the Mets, Dodgers, Padres, Phillies, and Braves are all ahead of the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, the Cardinals are plus 2,500 to win the World Series, and the closest team next to the Cardinals in the Central is way back at plus 4,500 with the Brewers. Wow. Cubs plus 5,500, and... Uh, Pirates and Reds might as well be the Pirates same team. Pirates are plus tw- 20,000, <laughs> and the Reds are plus 20,000. Yeah, I'd, I'd think they'd be the same. I think just based on those two audio clips, I agree, I, I understand where he's coming from and agree in principle just, just because you have a, a more resource and payroll, um, it doesn't mean you just spend haphazardly. You know, that's cost them in years past with free agent moves they've made. So if, you're, if it doesn't look right for your situation, you don't just spend just for the case of, uh, just for the sake of spending. Having said that, what has shown them that certain guys are going to break out is, I guess, the question that you have to ask. And I'm not in the meetings. None of us are in the meetings that they have with player development. But what is showing you that Newt Bar is going to break out, that Carlson's going to break out of the streak, that O'Neill is going to come back right? And I guess you have to weigh that versus the price of what you'd pay for a free agent or make a trade for. So I guess I agree in principle, but the process of it has me just a tad confused. I'm just surprised that this is all that's going on. Right. And that is where I am, but at the same time, it's not over. Mm-hmm. So that is, if this is what it is, when they show up in Jupiter, I will have even more confusion. Sure. Because this is, from my standpoint, not a team that is a team that has a real chance to win the National League. Can they? Yes, of course, because I would have never thought the 2016, going into the playoffs when they were one of four teams uh, in the National League, would have won the National League. Going into the 2011 mid-August, didn't even look like they had a chance, much less wind up being the world champions. With that said, it just doesn't it just doesn't match up, and it's odd that they're it strikes me as they're kind of hedging a bit, and that you are all in in a sense when you look at your your corner infielders, yep. and now the spend, which was way more than I think what most thought it was going to be for Wilson Contreras but yet kind of hedging with a rotation uh, yeah. that is far from glamorous, that resides on a word that Ms. Alex said multiple times, which is hope, and then a lot of hope that players either bounce back in the outfield uh, or that players meet their projected uh, ceilings, Yeah, yep. in whether that be at second base or in the outfield with Jordan Walker. So from that standpoint, I don't necessarily understand it, which is why I keep using the word confused. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. See, we got you have two generational talents that are aging. Let's just stand pat and hope for the best. That's from the 314. Uh, Do you think Arenado is happy with this offseason? That is from the 314. My answer to that, honestly, is no. And it's, it's it's a very direct no. But at the same time, I suppose what I would say to that question, and I gave you a direct answer on it, is he is more in the know as to what they are doing, what they may have tried to do. I do not believe they went into the offseason with the plan of signing Wilson Contreras. I believe Wilson Contreras was a plan B. Yeah. 
for Murphy. But then it begs the question, what would they have done with allocation of dollars had they gotten Murphy instead of allocating those dollars to Contreras? And I could be built building this on a thought process that's flawed, but if they were committed to Contreras from the get-go, uh, why did conversations get so deep with not just the A's, but also the Blue Jays? Um, so that and, and, and unfortunately, that reminds me of the Fowler thing. It's yeah. not the fact that they signed a former Cub. It's the fact that Fowler was not their first choice, and he was their plan B, and then they had to overpay to get him to come here. There, that's where the similarities are, and you can throw the former Cub thing in there if you want, but uh, the similarities from a baseball business standpoint, that's what concerns me. Uh, let's see. The confusion starts for me when they come out and say they are going to increase payroll and this is all that's been done. Why come out and say you're going to increase payroll when this is more of a natural increase? That is from the 314. Tim, one thing I know about John Mazalek is that he chooses his words wisely when he said that the payroll will go up. The majority of the fan base listens to that and thinks they're going to spin. B, but when I heard him say that, the first thing I thought was how much more, which was never said. And then no point did I think it was going to be a significant increase. I understand that. That's a, that's a fair that's a fair counter. I, the reason why I took it so strongly is because it came, I think, forty eight to seventy two hours after he'd flown out to California, and Arnado had uh, chosen to pass on opting out, and I felt like the two were intertwined. Sure. That is why I thought it was powerful, and that is why at this moment, that's what I keep emphasize at this moment. Uh, that it's only Wilson Contreras, and the Contreras news took place 90 minutes after the Quintana news of him leaving to go to the yeah. Mets. So the Quintana news has kind of flown under the radar relative to— because I think if you have Quintana— Yeah, rotation's a lot more solid. Yeah, along with Contreras. And then you can think, okay, I get it. Now I feel better about the rotation, and maybe Jordan Walker comes in, and it's Albert Pujols part two, right. you know? But— what what has at least the very least me going, oh, you're counting on some things happening here from some guys, and you're also counting on Arnado and Goldschmidt doing right. what they did. I mean, those were an you know, MVP year, career year for one, and you just can't count on that all the time. Uh, and then a bunch of guys to bounce back and or hit their ceilings, and that's the part that stands out to me, uh, along with a rotation that certainly has question marks and has question marks in a major way beyond 2023. Uh, 314-399-9646. Uh, you can also use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop. We have some mic drops that we will play on the other side of the break. Jeremy Rutherford with us at 1045. Tim McKern in action. Jackson Burkett with you. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN coming up in eight minutes. Jeremy Rutherford with us on the Blues weekend that was with the loss to the Canadians, but the win last night over the Minnesota Wild as Brandon Sod is just everywhere. What an absolute heater. He's on and uh, Shen as well. Grice the story last night. We'll talk it over coming up with JR here in about eight minutes. Your questions, comments for Jeremy Rutherford. Send them on in, 314-399-9646. And, uh, of course, we also take mic drops. Do we have any mic drops, uh, Jackson? We do. We have one from Steve. Oh, we do have one. From Steve. Steven Wildwood, is this his debut in 2023? Yeah, I think this is his first uh, 2023 mic drop. Okay, let's take a listen. Ah, yes, the holidays. 
favorite time of year. What a great month of December, right into the New Year's. Stop it! Who the hell invented matching pajamas? It's on Facebook, it's on Instagram, it's all over the place. I always see these poor bastards running around downtown, going on the Polar Express train, and the whole family's in matching pajamas. I'm having dinner at Maggie O'Brien's next to a family of matching pajamas. The guy has to take a business call. He's standing out on Market Street talking to an associate in his Grinch pajamas. What the hell is going on? And by the way, Michelle Smallman left about a year ago. Why can I still send her a mice trap? Tired of it. Began to slur his words there toward the end. Boy, he really he said a mice drop. But <laughs> nonetheless, drop. the matching pajamas. You know, I got to tell you, Jackson. I think it was was it two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I, I think it was know. three weeks ago, Tim. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that we did the Polar Express. Uh, Santa residing in a unique spot just <laughs> north of the arch. Um, Requires a conversation with the family. <laughs> no, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, I noticed that there are matching pajamas, and they, they clearly bother Steve. Yeah, you know, I get it. Matching anything sometimes can bother folks. I wouldn't like it too riled up. I myself have no pajamas in general. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Sleep in shorts, T-shirt. Sleep in shorts? Yeah. Like shorts. Mizzou basketball shorts? Uh, yeah, and then the Mizzou T-shirt, and then I have a big tiger head uh above my bed frame so they can watch over me at night. So Truman the Tiger is watching over you at night? Yep, as always. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a safety thing more than anything. You want to be protected, and no one does that better than Truman. Uh, I would imagine you're trying to set the stage for discussion on the win over Vanderbilt. I mean, not real. I mean, listen, there's not going to be a lot of easy victories in the SEC, especially when you're as undersized as the Tigers are. They have so, a rebounding issue. Big time. But Dennis Gates knows that going in and says that's why it's the only thing that we can lose each game. Yeah, that's and that's you. if you can create you know, half as many turnovers as you give up rebounds, you're actually going to come out in a better shape. The problem is when Kobe Brown gets two fouls in the first five, six minutes. Uh, what percentage of games would you say he has two fouls by the 10-minute mark? Uh, the last two, 100%. In the total season, I just feel 35%. Like it's, a, it's, a, it just, it's such a regular occurrence. Oh, yeah. And one of them is almost always like 75 feet from the basket after not getting a rebound or just you know pressuring the ball in the backcourt, and he picks up a cheap foul. And that's going to cost you when you have so many issues rebounding. He's the best rebounder on the team. So if you take him out, he's also your best offensive player. So, But they've shown that they can be good without him. Having said that, they will not be able to rebound the basketball without them. Uh, Billikens, Billikens, rah, rah, rah. They beat the Bonnies, the Bonnies. Nobody beats the Bonnies, but the Billikens did on Saturday. And ILL got themselves an important win, considering the way the Big Ten schedule had started off for them at 0-3 by beating 14th-ranked Wisconsin, ILL. So uh, good Saturday for all of the local college teams after what was a rough midweek schedule for all of the local teams last week uh, when Missouri lost at Arkansas, albeit not a terrible loss, but nonetheless a loss uh, Northwestern for Illinois and UMass for the Billikens. Tonight we have the college football playoff national championship game. For the record, Jackson has put down money on TCU Moneyline. Yeah, it's more fun. Like, it's more fun. Well, do you believe it's going to happen? I believe that there's a chance it will happen. 
And so, therefore, given the value you get on the play, was it plus 350 at the moment? That's right, that's right. Yeah, I would say. And if you're watching tonight, like, you know, you can bet the 13-point spread, which is fine. But, like, I just think it's more fun to bet TC. I wouldn't say, you know, bet the mortgage on it. But I would never say ever bet mortgage on any sports game. But I'd say if you're going to have a little sweat, why not have a little sweat with the underdog, with the horned frogs, Max Duggan? They got some dogs out there for TCU. They got some dog in them. And I like to see that. I'll be happy to give you 13 points if you would like to bet. Yeah, I'll throw $20. 20. Yeah. Oh, nice. We got a $20 I'll bet. I'll take the 13 points. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. There it is. So if I they win, the I'm, I'm, I'm swimming. Oh, in my it. goodness. Drinks on me, baby. Wow. There it is. Uh, all right. That is taking place this evening. Georgia currently a 13 point favorite. If you'd like to win $100 on Georgia, you have to bet 500 Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's if you want to win 350 uh, you bet TCU and you bet 100 and you'll win 350. So there is the uh, the math on tonight's national championship game in Los Angeles. Jeremy Rutherford is going to join us in a matter of moments to talk it over regarding the Blues and the Wild and the Blues and what winds up being a unique set of circumstances. They did this with the Ducks earlier in the season, two games back-to-back in St. Louis against the Flames, and the Flames lead the Blues in the Wild card standings, a chance to close ground. Talk it over with JR. Your questions for JR, your comments are welcome as well. 314 399 9646, Air Comfort Service text line. Jeremy Rutherford joins us next here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. It is our pleasure to welcome to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line for his weekly appearance on this award-winning radio program. Ladies and gentlemen, the great Jeremy Rutherford. Good morning, JR. What's going on, Tim? Man, I like when somebody brings their own sound effects. Yeah. Their own 360 machine. Yep. Need more of that. How you guys doing? Well, I'm really good, and I know you're wonderful because I heard your conversation with Jackson, and Jackson put in a request that we don't discuss it on the air. But of course, that will be just waved. <laughs> but I just can't. I'm, I'm not going to bring up that he asked me if I was in Calgary. I'm not going to bring that up. Twice. I'm not bring that up. The, fir- the first time, I'm like. I must not have heard that right. And then, then he went back to the well. I was badgering saying, are you, him. Are you in Calgary? What are you leaving today? <laughs> and at that point, I couldn't hear what you said, but at that point, I had to let out a laugh. Because even though I've said here on the program, I think three times, that the Blues go 3-1 and one on the road trip and now start a homestand in which they'll take on Calgary, kind of a weird deal like they did with the Ducks early in the year, back-to-back home games. Jackson thought that the Blues were heading to Calgary from Minnesota. Yeah. I, 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 Jackson, I got to admit that when you said that, I'm here at the Minnesota Hotel right now, headed back to St. Louis, uh, you know, not too long from now. And, and I did think for a second, did I look at the schedule wrong? Should I be going to Calgary right yeah, now? Yeah, maybe. Hey, listen, if anything, <laughs> I, I could be helpful in the case. But, yep. I mean, I'm already, listen, the Tigers are heading out to College Station this week. I can't be bothered yeah. to know where the Blues play. Yeah. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. 314-399-9646. What just happened? Let me just make sure Mizzou is at Texas A&M, by the way. Uh, yeah, they got uh, A&M in Florida this week. But Jerry yeah, Rutherford I, is on here, and that's not what you hear. Unless you have an opinion on the Missouri-Texas A&M game, I, I don't want to do. interrupt you. No, I don't. It's just that I won't bring that up, the Calgary thing, and I promise I won't bring up either that 
I took my kids' stuffed animals out of their bedrooms when they were about eight. So they used to have this room in the tiger, but well, you know, yeah. stuffed animals are not going. Listen, I don't put a price on protection. <laughs> The Truman the Tiger head that guards your bed. Yeah, as, I, as I'm in slumber. As you're in slumber. Thank you. On the off chance, people didn't know what it was there for. All right. Uh, JR, I don't, know what, I don't know what to make of this whole thing. I, I'm enjoying it. I'm confused by how good it went. I can't imagine too many Blues fans would have thought, okay, the Blues are going to get three wins. I'm sure you would have thought, okay, well, one of those would have to be against Montreal. But you go in and you win in Toronto. You win in New Jersey. You win in Minnesota. The one loss is against Montreal, and that certainly was there for the taking. And this all comes a week after the news on O'Reilly and Tarasenko. And here they are lurking and chasing down a team they get back-to-back games with at home. How do you uh, analyze what we've seen here over the last week with the team emerging, with Brandon Saad really emerging, Shan emerging, Grice's performance last night, and the Blues get six of eight possible points since the injury news on O'Reilly and Tarasenko? Yeah, Tim, I'm to the point now where if in my head I'm thinking that uh, the Blues are going to lose a few in a row, and things are going to go south, and I need to say, hey, Tim, they're going to go on a heater. I think I, I need to stay the opposite of whatever I think is going to happen because that's what's been happening lately. And you think about this road trip, a couple tough teams, and they just gut it out. Now, we talked last week about how they're playing a direct, simple game. I think that's the case. I really do. I mean, you bring up some of these minor league guys, especially on defense, and they play the game simple. They make the right plays. They they don't try to play you know out of their game. and. And I think that's what's leading to some success back there. And then up front, you have the couple veterans, Shen and, uh, and, and Saad specifically, who have taken it upon themselves to lead this team with O'Reilly and Tarasenko out. So, I mean, can you imagine? They're, they're leading in Montreal. They hang on to that game. Nobody predicted 4-0 on that road trip. Oh, no way. Yeah. Come home three and one, just absolutely phenomenal what they did on this trip. Uh, let's let's focus in on last night uh, overall with uh, Grice's performance and how many shots they they allowed in the third period, and he just wouldn't let them in. Thomas Grice last night uh, with one hell of a performance in shutting out the Wild. He was great, and the thing with it is he didn't play since. December 20th. And I realize he's 37 years old and that's what backups do. You know, he's been a one a at, at times, but uh, in, in New York, but he's uh, been a backup for a big part of his career. So he hasn't uh, had a lot of situations where he had to come into the game and not give the team a good effort, even if he hadn't played in a couple of weeks. So that's what he did last night, but you're talking about 10 bell saves. I mean, some of those were just obnoxious. They were so good. And, you know, the team was feeding off it for sure. And of course they don't win that game without Thomas Grice, but you know, I asked Braden Shen after the game, I said, you know, are, are you shocked that a guy can sit two weeks and come in and make saves like that? And he said the same thing. Like, you want to say, no, you're not shocked, but you look at the guys had uh, such a long, successful career, and uh, the Blues benefited from it last night. He was outstanding. Let me, let me take a big-picture angle on this, because it's so weird to have this conversation. But I know there are a bunch of, bunch of people in the audience right now going, yeah, it's great they won. It's great they're winning because I'm a Blues fan, and I want them to have success. Of course, I mean, if you're in St. Louis and you're a Blues fan, who wouldn't? But I also understand looking at it and going, it just doesn't stand to reason that they're going to be able to continue to do this with the cast that they have out there at the moment and also those who they are missing. So the question, I think, for some is to try to balance the interest in the team being successful in the short term without missing out an opportunity to improve it for the long term if this isn't a year where they can be successful. So how do you think Doug Armstrong is balancing that? And if you can give any insight into the mindset 
on the organization is the team keeps winning despite uh, odds and injuries that would seem to make it unlikely. You know, it's funny, uh, Doug Armstrong was not uh, here last night. He attended that uh, World Junior Championship tournament just last week, taking a peek at one of their prospects, uh, Jimmy Snuggerud. But you look at the situation last night, you leave Minnesota with a win, you go 3-1 and one on that trip, and you probably expect Doug Armstrong, if you did say congrats on the victory here and the road trip, he'd probably say, yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's a situation where... Uh, what is this? What does this answer? What direction does this put the Blues in? You know, I'm going to stand firm that I believe this is a situation that's probably not sustainable. You know, could be wrong on that. We could be talking about the Blues being in a good position here in a couple of weeks with guys coming back from injury. Uh, but you look back at history, and typically situations like this aren't. And and so with each victory, yeah, you put yourself in a better situation. Look, they're two points out of the wild card yep. spot right now. Back to back home games. You hear that? Jackson home games against Calgary <clears throat> Noted. on Tuesday and Thursday. I mean, you have a chance to be in a wild card spot by the end of this week if you can uh, take those games against Calgary. So this is just a situation that you're just going to have to let it play out. What happens? You know, can't get wrapped up after a couple games or even a three and one road trip. Uh, we're still talking weeks before some of these guys come back. So still a long time to go but you have to give them the credit in the world, all the credit in the world for the way they played on this trip. Here's, here's a question for you, and let's just kind of set the, set the stage and get your opinion on it. Um, in, in 2019, tell me if I'm wrong, there was only one unrestricted free agent following the season, correct? And that was Maroon? Am I correct? Yeah, Maroon, right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, but but even then, uh, people you know wouldn't necessarily blame them for for not selling or even not moving Maroon so he could stay home, even if they didn't have the, the turnaround. So the, even then, there were rumblings of is it time to see what they can get for Petrangelo before he becomes a rental? Lesson they may have learned after the Shattenkirk situation, or is Tarasenko going to resign here if we're in a rebuild? But there wasn't a lot of urgency to it. And then the team legitimately turned it around in January before a trade deadline in March. If the 2019 team has three key upcoming unrestricted free agents, like it does now, do you think Armstrong would have been so apt to keep them together? And can we read anything into his mindset in 2019 that he didn't add much to that team? Was it, I trust this group here enough to win, or was it, there's still risk here, but let's see what this group has? Yeah, here's what I recall from that year. It was uh, in December, I think, they had that road trip to Western Canada, and that's when they started to play better, even though uh, at the time people still weren't thinking that, okay, the Blues are going to turn this around and they're going to climb the standings. Uh, but Doug Armstrong still believed in this team. And you look at that roster, like people want to compare. That was such a good team. Just things weren't working out. I mean, Jay Bowmeister, you had Alex Steen, you had these types of guys, uh, Alex Petrangelo. Doug Armstrong still really liked that team, so I think he probably had more faith in that situation. So I understand, you know, where you're coming from. Would he have sold off in, in, in December and January? Would we be talking about selling because you had those free agents back then? That wasn't the situation, so it did give him uh, more of a reason to believe in that team because you had guys under contract, and I think he just stuck with it. But, you know, I think the biggest part of that is the talent on that roster. And, and they do have a, you know, talent on this year's roster. It's just for whatever reason, even when healthy, things haven't, you know, come to fruition. So I, I think it's a situation that the three UFAs, when you talk about O'Reilly, you talk about Tarasenko, you even talk about Barbashev, it does paint a different picture uh, for this year. So, you know, if, if this team can come together and play the way it has and, and give him a, a different reason to believe as we go down the stretch here, you know, that remains to be seen. But this is about the time, early January, 
mid-January where that team really took off, yeah. and that's when it made Doug Armstrong's mind that, uh, you know, we aren't going to be sellers. First time Kadri's back since a, in a non-playoff role, am I correct? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Think we'll see anything? <laughs> I think they, uh, what, Braden Shen had some words with him at the face-off last time in Calgary. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe he said uh, see in St. Louis. See in St. Louis. <laughs> well, we'll wait for St. Louis. I don't. I just I was kind of wondering about that. I mean, he had a goal last night. They they left they left a point out there. Anytime you don't get two against the Blackhawks, uh, you leave one out there. They uh, lost in overtime last night in Chicago. Calgary here Tuesday and Thursday, unless Jackson knows something that uh, that we do not. And there's and listen, I wouldn't rule that out. We're playing both of the games this week in St. Louis. Uh, Jeremy, can you confirm that? Yes, uh, they are. And uh, Jackson, as soon as I hang up here, I'll send you a copy of the schedule. Oh Whoa. my gosh! Oh, thank you. What a gesture! I, I have trouble with like season-long stuff, so maybe week by week, just give me a little drop. You know, just, just yeah, put a notification in your phone to send Jackson a schedule at the start of each week, if you could, Jay. Be helpful. Uh, yeah, I will. And hey, I, let's give him a little slack here. We don't all have to know what the Trailblazers' schedule is. So that's correct. So He's extra. the only one monitoring Rip City. Yeah, the Pacific Division is a treacherous one. And we're going to spend a lot of time on that tomorrow. Uh, Chris Kerber wanted to do that. All right, it's time for us to shut it down, Jr. Thank you so much for dropping by yep. the program and making sure that you didn't have to head to Calgary. I'm glad to get the news. <laughs> there he is, Jeremy Thanks, Rutherford, with us here on the program. Time for us to shut it down for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McCartan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.